hope you enjoy this message from South City C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. Well, good evening. I hope you're going well and that you are having a great week and so glad that you are able to join from wherever you might be tuning in this evening. So we have been on a very exciting journey over the last five weeks as we've been working our way through a series called The Presence of God. And if you're tuning in for the first time tonight to this series, what we've been doing uh, so far is we've been exploring the spiritual gifts and particularly focusing in on the spiritual gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And the aim of this series has been to invite you into greater experience of the spiritual gifts, to equip you to understand them, and to empower you to move in them. Now, so far, we've covered the prophetic gifts, the serving gifts, uh, the gifts of faith, healing, and miracles. And if you didn't manage to catch those in person, then I would encourage you to check out the recordings of those Uh, on our Facebook page and on our website, uh, because you definitely want to uh, not miss out on that stuff. But tonight, as we close out the series, we have some spiritual gifts to talk about that are amazing tools from God that can help us to love Him and love others more effectively. Before we jump into those, let's take a moment to pray and ask God to meet us in this space tonight. So Holy Spirit, I invite you to come and to speak to us. Lord, I pray that there would be uh, treasures that we would find as we explore this topic. And um, Lord, I pray for a a fresh opening of our hearts to believe that you can do above and beyond what we ever thought possible with us. Lord, I pray that you would uh, help us to see new things, to experience new things, uh, and to find your love in a deeper way. Uh, as we go on this journey together. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have been a part of our church over the past year, uh, one of the things that you might be aware of is that we have had a few issues with our internet. And when I say a few, what I mean is that it was happening like every other week for a while. And it seems to be fixed and working well now, but man, for the longest time, we had frequent outages where it just simply would stop working and nothing we were doing seemed to be fixing the problem. And depending on the timing and the severity of the different issues that we would have, it could be anything from a small annoyance to a really major disruption for us. Now, when I work in my office, I like to put on some nature sounds uh, so that I can do my work to the sound of birds singing and the gentle lapping of ocean waves. It's therapeutic. And uh, one day I came into my office and I went to open YouTube to hear the familiar sound of my feathered friends from the tropics. And I realized very quickly that our internet was not working. And it felt just a little bit more frustrating than usual uh, because we had actually just spent a large chunk of money having a guy in, a guy come in just a couple weeks prior. And he had done a pretty major upgrade to our internet and Wi-Fi infrastructure equipment. And it had been working just fine the other day. So I didn't understand why it would suddenly stop working. And so in my frustration, I thought something must have gone wrong with the equipment that that guy installed. And so I hastily pull out my phone and dial his number and 
and call him up and he picks up and I start explaining that our internet was working great after the equipment upgrade, but now all of a sudden it's not working and can he please come in and try to figure out what the problem is because I need to hear the birds to do my work. And he very politely said, yep, I can come in and have a look at it. But before I do that, he said, um, let me just check a couple of basic things with you uh, just to rule those out so that I don't make a trip unnecessarily. And so I said, yep, okay, sure. What do I need to do? And he said, well, for starters, can you make sure that the router is plugged in and that it's got power coming to it? And I said, yep, I can check, but uh, you know, it was all turned on yesterday and so it should be all good. And so I go under my desk and uh, look and I suddenly felt my face go a little bit red. Uh, and that's because I could clearly see that the plug had gotten knocked somehow and the plug was not quite plugged in all the way. And so I plugged it in, and to my discomfort, within 15 seconds, we had blazing fast internet beaming its way through our building once more. So I sheepishly said into the phone, um, it's working again. And he kind of laughed, and he said, great, I'm glad that I could offer you my expert opinion on this matter. So, uh, yeah, that was embarrassing. <laughs> You see, no matter how sophisticated your internet infrastructure equipment is, and no matter how much time or money has been invested in installing it, it still will not work if it is not plugged in. And that is true for internet equipment, but I think it's also true when it comes to our spiritual walk with God. You see, when I came into my office and found that the internet wasn't working, I immediately felt very frustrated. And in my frustration, I overlooked something really obvious. And I think when we feel distant from God or we wonder why our heart feels so dull and why it feels like it's so hard to follow even the most basic commands of Jesus, it's very easy for us in that place to just get frustrated and to say, why isn't this thing working like it's supposed to? And while there can be a number of different reasons that we feel disconnected from God, it's very easy when we're in that place of frustration to overlook the possibility that in most cases, we've simply forgotten to check to make sure that we are still plugged into him. In John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. How quickly does a branch dying, uh, sorry, how quickly does a branch begin dying after it's been cut off? Immediately. It immediately begins to dry out. Why? Well, because it's been disconnected from the source of its life. How quickly does a light go out when you unplug a lamp? immediately. Why? Well, because it needs to be connected to a power source in order to work. The Apostle Paul had this to say in Galatians chapter 5. He said, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. 
So if we are going to walk in the Spirit as followers of Jesus who live lives that are contrary to the ways of this world and even contrary to the desires of our own fleshy natures, well then we are going to be needing to be plugged into some pretty serious power. And this is the focus of our talk this evening. We are going to be focusing mostly on two spiritual gifts this evening. And these gifts are the gift of speaking in tongues and the gift of discerning of spirits. And we will also briefly talk about the gift of the interpretation of tongues uh, as well. But the reason that we are focusing on these gifts tonight is because they are incredible tools for helping us to not only plug into God's power, but also to stay plugged into it. And that is a good thing. Because when we are plugged into God's power, it means that our light can continue to shine no matter how dark of a night that we may find ourselves in. The Holy Spirit is the source of all of the power that we need to live as followers of Jesus. And the gift of tongues and the gift of discernment are tools that can help us to stay plugged into that power source. So let's jump in tonight and look at the gift of tongues. So this gift, like the other ones that we've looked at in this series, is part of the spiritual gifts that the Apostle Paul lists in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. And I've actually included that passage inside your sermon notes tonight. And we see an example of this gift in action, probably most famously in Acts chapter 2, where the disciples were gathered together at Pentecost and tongues of fire came on them and they began to speak in other languages. And when it comes to talking about the gift of tongues, I want to recognize that you may be coming to this talk tonight having had some really good experiences uh, and possibly you're coming here tonight having had some not so great experiences. And if you've had some not-so-great experiences, then can I just encourage you that no matter what your experience has been, that this is a gift that is given by a good God, and that when it is used properly, it can produce some really beautiful fruit in your life and in the life of other people. And there's a number of strong opinions out there about this gift, so I will try to give my best shot tonight at defining it well for you. So, what is the gift of tongues? The gift of tongues is the supernatural ability for a person to speak, to pray, or to sing in languages that are otherwise not known to them. It is also sometimes referred to as speaking in tongues, uh, as praying in the Spirit, or as Kristen Williams likes to say, giving it the old Shaka Mahande. And of all of the spiritual gifts that we are covering in this series, it is without question the one that has probably been the most misunderstood and the most controversial throughout history. And that's probably got something to do with the fact that it's actually pretty weird. But if you can set aside how weird it can seem initially, it can actually be an incredible tool for helping you to stay plugged in and lead to a powerful sense of connection to our God. And I remember my introduction to the gift of tongues uh, came from a book that I was reading this one night. So I stand up late, I'm reading this book, and this book's talking about how to grow deeper in your faith. And so I, 
I'm reading it, and then I stumble across something that the author says that I actually found a little bit abrasive. He said that whenever you could, that you ought to pray in tongues because it's a useful gift that helps to strengthen your connection to the Spirit of God. And I'd been introduced to some of the other spiritual gifts at this point, but I didn't like that this author was presuming that I, the reader, could speak in tongues. And so the more I read, the more annoyed that I got. And then finally, at the end of the chapter, the author acknowledged that I, the reader, may not actually have the gift of tongues yet. But he said that if I didn't, or if you don't, uh, then you should pray and you should ask God for the gift. So I thought, well, that seems simple enough. So I did. I asked God to give me the gift of tongues. And so I waited. I didn't really feel anything. And so then I waited some more. Nothing really seemed to be happening. And then, after about 20 minutes, I got really tired and I fell asleep. The next day, I was at a small group in the evening, and we were praying for one of the girls that was also attending this small group. And so there's a group of us, we're all kind of around this girl, and we're praying, and it kind of comes around to being my turn to pray for her. And so I opened my mouth uh, to pray for her, fully intending to say something in English, and something comes out of my mouth that was not English. And it's quiet for a moment, and then the girl that we were praying for was like, did you just speak in tongues? And I said, si, senorita. No, that's a joke. Uh, I didn't say that. <laughs> what I said was, I said, I think I, think I just did. And uh, it was just one word, uh, and it wasn't Spanish, uh, but it felt like it came just sort of bubbling up out of me. <clears throat> and even after I left that prayer meeting, as I was driving home, I just kept repeating that word that had come to me. And what I found was in the coming days and the weeks, I began to get some more words and some more sentences. And it was just this really amazing and also kind of weird thing because I had no idea what I was saying. And it was amazing because I didn't feel like I was trying to make up some sort of random language. It just sort of came out of my mouth when I prayed. But it was weird because, well, it's just weird. I mean, one time early on, I was so excited about praying in tongues that I found myself doing it as often as I could. And so I was praying in tongues under my breath at work this one day, and one of my workmates came up uh, be, sort of beside me, and I didn't really notice him approaching. And then he got really close, and then we made eye contact, and I knew that he had heard me praying in tongues, and he sort of just backed away slowly. <laughs> Which, you know, is probably a fair response when you find your workmate who you otherwise thought was normal muttering to himself when no one else was around. And uh, in the years since that, I've matured a little bit and picked up a bit of wisdom on some of the better practices of the gift. And I have been around, as you may also have been around, many, many other people who have been using the gift of speaking in tongues. And over the years, I've spent some time praying or singing in the Spirit. Sometimes I'm in the car and worship at, uh, at church or, or even just while I'm alone with the Lord at home. And while it has not been the answer to everything, the gift of tongues has been a really valuable part of helping me to stay plugged into the Spirit of God over the years. Now, from the Apostle Paul's writings to the Corinthian church, there seems to be two expressions of the gift of tongues. And those two expressions are this. 
The first one is to build yourself up. And the second one is to build other people up. So let's talk about each of those. Let's talk about the first one, the expression, uh, the first expression, which is to build yourself up. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, in verse 4, it says, The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. In the book of Jude, it says in verse uh, 20, uh, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. So the language that is used in these two passages seems to indicate that there is a personal use for the gift of tongues, a sort of personal devotional language. And it's for building yourself up and helping to keep you in the love of God. It's not the only thing that does that, but it's a helpful tool for us to use. And I think you could probably think of the way that tongues builds you up as sort of the ability to plug into the Spirit of God and to charge your spiritual battery up. You know, many times when I felt dull or uninspired when I'm reading the Word or I'm in prayer, I've actually taken the time to pray in the Spirit, to pray in tongues. And while it hasn't always happened, many, many times over the course of a few minutes, I've begun to feel a sense of God's closeness and His power inside of me. And that's really useful because when you feel plugged into God, you will live differently than when you feel like you're unplugged. So that's the first expression of the gift of tongues, where it's used for building yourself up. And then there's this second expression, which is for building other people up. And so the Apostle Paul seems to have a really high value for the gift of speaking in tongues. But he does seem to distinguish how tongues should be used differently when you're in a church gathering or in a public place versus when you are just on your own. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. And then jump down a little bit further in the passage in verse 26. It says, What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or at most three, and each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. So in the first expression of tongues, we are using the gift of tongues sort of for this personal use, and it seems like this passage kind of indicates it's okay to quietly use it to speak to ourselves and to speak to God in church settings in ways that don't distract other people. But there seems to be this second expression of tongues where someone is using the gift to make something more like a, a public declaration. And in this way, it's similar to a, pu uh, a public prophetic word, uh, though it's done in a different language. And what Paul is saying here is that if someone is using the gift of tongues in that way, 
then there ought to be someone to interpret what is being said. Now, one of the other spiritual gifts that's listed in this passage that we've been going through in this series is the gift of the interpretation of tongues. And it's important that if someone is publicly proclaiming a message in a tongue, that there is someone who receives the interpretation from the Spirit and then shares it with those who are gathered. Because otherwise, what value will that add to the gathering if no one knows what is being said? And I was once in a church gathering uh, where this person came up and they shared uh, a, a tongue with the, the congregation and they shared it into the microphone. And after they did, the leader invited people in the room to ask God for what the interpretation was. And a number of people came up and shared and it kind of felt like each person brought a little piece of the puzzle and it just sort of came together as this really beautiful message about God's mercy. And so when these tongues gifts are used in ways that are orderly and honoring, they can be a real blessing to the church. And in that way, the public expression of the gift of tongues can be used to sort of, in a sense, charge up the spiritual batteries of other people. And I once also heard the story uh, from a friend of mine that she was at this church one time where someone got up and they spoke in tongues into a microphone and shortly afterwards, a Native American woman came up and tearful, tearfully began to share that what this person had said was actually this really rare dialect of the Navajo language, one that only a small handful of people knew. And in that language, this person was actually declaring God's promises and his love for the Navajo people. So that was pretty cool. So that's the second expression of the gift of tongues, which is for building other people up. And when it's used in a public sort of format, it requires someone to interpret what is being said. And that's just simply because otherwise it's not very useful if people don't know what is being said. So before we move on, here's some quick tips for using the gift of speaking in tongues. Tip number one, if you're a Christian and you don't currently have the gift of tongues, then I'd encourage you to ask God for it. Uh, if you've never received this personal sort of devotional prayer language, then you can always ask for it, even right now. And keep in mind that some people say if the Spirit wants them to speak in tongues, then he will make them. Uh, however, I believe that the Spirit will not force anyone to speak in tongues. Uh, some people also kind of wait for this overwhelming sense of the Spirit, but often the Spirit touches His people more like a gentle breeze. And so that said, as you pray for the release of the gift of tongues, you may simply feel the presence of God lightly touching you or even just a gentle urge to speak out. And what I'd encourage you to do is, is to speak out those words that come to you and just see what the Holy Spirit does. Now, I'm not saying that you should try to make something up. But what I am saying is that if you do feel some sort of urge or some sort of prompting, that the long-term benefits of laying hold of this gift are actually worth the risk of looking or feeling a little bit foolish in the moment. Tip number two, be sensitive where and how you use the gift. So in my opinion, it's generally not considered good practice to scream in tongues in church. 
uh, or anywhere else for that matter. <laughs> so my encouragement would be to use the gift often, but not in a way that brings confusion or dishonor or discouragement to the people around you. But do use it in ways that are defined by the passage that we've just gone through, uh, because God has given the gift for those uses. Tip number three, the gift of tongues, like the other gifts, is not a sign of spiritual maturity or the lack of spiritual maturity. I know many amazing men and women of God who have never spoken in tongues, who live godly lives that impact the people around them. And so it's important to make sure that we're not equating the use of a spiritual gift with spiritual maturity. But that's just a few tips around using the gift of speaking in tongues. And the Spirit is the source of all of the power that we need to live as followers of Jesus. And the gift of tongues can be an incredible tool that can help us to stay plugged in to that power source. So if that is the gift of tongues, then what is the gift of the discerning of spirits? Well, you could define discernment at its simplest as the ability to judge well. And I love the way that Charles Spurgeon defined it. Uh, he said, discernment is not simply a matter of telling the difference between what is right and what is wrong. Rather, it is the difference between right and almost right. You see, most people can see right and wrong pretty clearly. But most of the time, Satan doesn't present to us things that are blatantly wrong, but rather presents to us things that seem almost right. And it can actually sometimes get tricky figuring out what's right or not right. And a lot of times it's really helpful in those situations to get an outside opinion from a trusted source. And so that is where the gift of discerning of spirits comes in. And it can give us the ability to sense what sort of spirit someone else or we ourselves are operating in. Check out this experience that Paul and Silas had in the book of Acts. In verse 16, it says, As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out and saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. And Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. So, I think this is a really interesting story because the words this enslaved girl was speaking were true. Paul and Silas were servants of the Most High God. But the spirit that was giving the girl this power was not the Holy Spirit. It was not empowering her. It was actually enslaving her. And Paul was able to sense that, and so he commanded it to leave. So the spiritual gift of discerning of spirits helps to give an inner knowing of what sort of spirit someone is operating in, including inside of ourselves. You know, there's been many times in my life where God has shown me that I had drifted away from trusting him and was operating more out of a place of fear than I was out of a place of trust in his spirit to lead me. And left unchecked, this could rob me over time of becoming who God wanted me to be. 
And so sometimes our behavior or our emotions have a spiritual source to them. And it's actually the kindness of the Spirit of God to reveal to us what those are. In short, the gift of discerning of spirits helps you to make sure that what you are taking in, what you are plugging your life into, is the right things and not the wrong things that will actually harm you. And there's one last thing that I want to highlight about the gift of discerning of spirits. This gift is designed to be used from and for the purpose of love. The spiritual gift of discerning of spirits is perhaps one of the most misused and abused of the spiritual gifts. People have used their discernment to say some really horrible things about other people. So let me just say this. Discernment that is not rooted in love leads to manipulation, to delusion, and to strife. True discernment will always produce love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, and kindness. The fruit always reveals the root. So that is the gift of discerning of spirits. This is an important gift because it can actually help to safeguard us and to keep us plugged in to the right power source. And the Holy Spirit is the source of all of the power that we need to live as followers of Jesus. And the gift of tongues and the gift of discernment are tools that can help us to stay plugged into that power source. So, we have been on quite a journey for the last six weeks now with this series, The Presence of God. And it's our hope that in presenting this series that we have invited you into greater experience of the spiritual gifts, that we've equipped you to understand them a little bit better, and that we've empowered you to be willing to give them a go in a new way. But I want to say that this series is merely another step in our journey in this area as a church. And I believe that God wants to release fresh grace to us for the activating and the using of the spiritual gifts. And it's not so that you can be more impressive, but so that you can be more effective in bringing the transforming love of Jesus to your family, to your relationships, and to your workplaces. And you'll find that some of the gifts that we've talked about come more naturally to you than some of the other ones. And you may not necessarily walk in all of the spiritual gifts. And that's because we are all uniquely and wonderfully made. But if you are going to grow in any of the spiritual gifts, it won't be because you heard a six-week series uh, talking about them. It will be because you continue to set your heart to earnestly desire them over the coming weeks and months and years, and because you refuse to allow discouragement, disappointment, or cynicism to keep you from seeking the more that God has for you. And my friends, I can tell you that these gifts are worth the challenges and the difficulty that comes with pursuing them. And that's because when the gifts of tongues and discerning of spirits and all the other gifts are set in their proper place, they can be incredible tools for the promotion of love and leading others into the presence of God. Let me pray for you. So Lord God, we thank you for this series. 
We thank you for the gifts of speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues and the gift of discerning of spirits and all the other spiritual gifts that we've covered in this series over the last six weeks. And Holy Spirit, I am asking for your help to show us the way forward and how we can begin to grow in these gifts as a community. Lord, so that we can be equipped with even more powerful tools to bring your love and to show your kindness to the world around us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would uh, anoint us afresh. And Lord, I pray that tonight, Lord, that those who are listening in who have never experienced the gift of speaking in tongues, but who want to, Holy Spirit, I ask, would you release that gift to them, even right now, even wherever they're sitting. And Lord, would you fill them afresh with a sense of your power and a sense of your grace. And Lord, I pray for uh, a sustaining grace to not give in to discouragement as we continue to pursue these gifts in the months and years ahead so that we can go out and bring your presence and your love to the world around us. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.